body of WMNF, the Nathan B. Stubblefield Foundation, is seeking applications for the board of directors. Interested candidates will have an exciting opportunity to be a part of steering WMNF into the future. You may find the application in the About section on our website, wmnf.org, or call 813-238-8001 for more information. The deadline to apply is Friday, September 23rd at 5 o'clock p.m. This is WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM, Community Conscious Radio. The opinions presented on The Healthy Steps Show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Hello out there, my dear friends, and thank you for keeping your radio dial tuned to WMNF Tampa. And by golly, by gosh, welcome to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey. Today, the good doctor is going to continue the topic of contaminants and talk to us about how we can make sure we keep getting clean, safe water. You are encouraged to participate in this discussion or if you have any related medical questions by calling 813-239-9663 or sending an email to dj at wmnf.org. You can also text us at 813-433-0885. So a good morning to you, Dr. Fred. You want to talk to us about access to clean water. I don't know if you're going global with this topic, but I was just thinking that back when I lived in Seattle, my U.S. representative, Jim McDermott, used the phrase weapons of mass construction to emphasize that if we just change the political focus from one of humanitarian aid to one being of national security issues and job-creating approach, that the United States could spend pennies on the dollars to build water treatment plants in impoverished countries and we could shrink our defense budget because we would have more friends than enemies around the world. And before we even think about leaving our shores, imagine the difference it would make in places like Flint, Michigan, Birmingham, Alabama, or Tutwiler, Mississippi, and probably a hundred other cities in the U.S. alone. Well, standing on my soapbox and editorializing is pretty easy for me, Doc. What have you got for us that's fact-based and scientific regarding clean water? Thank you, Bill, and happy Monday. Likewise. We we do have some trouble with our drinking water, and... Um, yeah, Jackson, Jackson, no, no water for days after that flooding. Uh, you know, it, it, it goes back to infrastructure. Infrastructure is a national security problem. And for some reason, our government decided that infrastructure is irrelevant and our bridges are failing, our dams are failing, and our water treatment systems are failing. You know, Sarasota and all of the coastal Florida cities regularly discharge feces into the uh, uh, bay and the Gulf because they just can't handle it. We've allowed development without adaptation. We haven't expanded our systems to cover the necessities of more people here, and we're not doing it now. Sarasota County just allowed a 5,000 uh, home development to go out east without actually the infrastructure to go there. It's a real sad thing. So the World Health Organization, we're going to go global because this is a global problem. There's only one human family. There's one planet we live on. We can't run to Mars or the moon to save us from killing our planet. So let's deal with it and call it national security or global security. We need to save the earth and the water on the earth. Over 2 billion people live in water-stressed countries. At least 2 billion people use drinking water source contaminated with feces. 
They drink poop. I would say a different word, but I'm not allowed to because it's a pretty crappy condition that these two billion, this is a quarter of our global population is living, drinking this stuff. It's horrendous. And we keep polluting, especially in the third world, but it's everywhere. We can't get over it. We talked about it last week. PFAS, the polyfluoroalkyl substances that are deadly, the forever chemicals, they are everywhere. Microplastics are everywhere. So, you know, diarrheal illness is one of the major problems globally. Um, half a million people die from diarrhea a year. And it's just because they have contaminated drinking water. This is ridiculous. We can get the water clean. In 2020, the World Health Organization suggested that 74% of the population, 5.8 billion people, get to use um, a, a safely managed drinking water service. And that means that they have facilities that tend to get rid of most of the feces, most of the uh, uh, toxic metals, most of the toxic petrochem, but they don't get rid of all of it. Not even here in Sarasota do we have it completely clean. Um, we'll talk about it a bit later, but there are still a lot of contaminants in our water, even when clean, but we can still do something about that. And in fact, our government really wanted to do something about it <clears throat> and has for years. The first time that we actually made legislation to do something about keeping the waters clean <clears throat> was in 1972 under the administration of Richard Nixon. It was really pretty amazing that this very conservative Republican knew well enough that protecting the living waters the living waters that supply our nation with its strength. Um, these living waters need to be protected. I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember the propaganda campaign from the government to get us to stop polluting, but the Native American that stood on top of the hill and looked at a dump and tears were rolling down his eyes. I remember that vividly. The Native Americans went to war with us because we were killing the living waters. That's one of the reasons. Obviously, we were stealing their land too, but um, they insisted that we protect the living waters, but we threw them out and continued to pollute and damage our living waters. The um, Clean Water Act and the rules that go with it state that clean water is vital to our health communities and economy. Economy. I'm not sure what the current government thinks about economy and that the last administration that removed all these EPA protections for our water and air. It's crazy. Job creators don't need more ability to pollute. They do not. It kills the economy when they do that. And so the Clean Waters Act, that actually worked to clean water upstream, way upstream, streams and wetlands, where they begin. The health of rivers, lakes, bays, and coastal waters depend on the streams and wetlands at their sources. Streams and wetlands trap floodwaters. As we notice here in Florida, we have paved over so many of the wetlands with uh, asphalt that the water runs off into the bay and creates pollution problems. Today, the, the, the tide was really high when I took my walk across the Ringling Bridge and you could barely see the bottom of Sarasota Bay. It was really murky. That's because we have so much freshwater runoff that we haven't trapped in natural wetlands. 
These natural wetlands also help to recharge our groundwater supplies, filter pollution. There's some really neat work being done with uh, creating new wetlands to filter uh, pollution. In fact, um, I was at a facility where the entire um, uh, facility had a wetland at the base of it and all their uh, effluvient went through there to get cleaned out. It was pretty amazing. It even grew fish um, in the ponds. Um, 117 million Americans, or one in three people, gets their drinking water from streams that were vulnerable to pollution before the clean water rule. And, you know, we need these, these waters to provide wildlife habitat, um, places for fishing and surfing and swimming and paddling, um, manufacturing, farming, tourism, recreation, all these depend on clean water. And so the Clean Waters Act actually uh, provided protection for about 60% of the nation's streams and wetlands. This was necessary because we really did some damage. I'm from central Pennsylvania, the top of the Alleghenies, where I was broadcasting from a couple weeks ago. Um, when I was a kid, I um, explored the area quite a lot. And there were some areas there that were frightening. They looked like horror movie nightmare scenes, basically dead zones where there were just trees sticking out of old, dead, weird colored orange wetlands. So I, I was raised on this um, small tributary of the Susquehanna River. The Susquehanna River is actually the largest non-navigable waterway uh, or watershed in the nation. It's like 28,000 miles of river and stream. The stream I lived near was called the Black Moshannon Creek. The Black Moshannon was named by the Susquehannock tribe that lived in the area. They strip mined the area. Clearfield County was known as the most stripped county east of the Mississippi back in the 70s. <clears throat> and they took as much coal as they could, but they didn't uh, really protect the environment. I've put a lot of links on my site regarding the Clearfield coal field and marginal Pennsylvania strip mining and um, a, a, a article from the Atlantic called The Violent Remaking of Appalachia. The problem is that the Susquehanna watershed covers 50% of Pennsylvania, lower New York, and becomes the headwaters of the Chesapeake Bay. So all that iron, sulfur, mercury, and other disgusting runoff from the poorly taken care of strip mines ran right into the Chesapeake Bay and killed the bay for quite a while. <clears throat> it took two more years for them to actually think about drinking water, but they did. And in 74, they published the Safe Drinking Water Act. But I just want to remind you that this is the Healthy Steps Show, and we're on WMNF Tampa 88.5. Absolutely. And I just want to make a comment that um, just not to, I guess, over-exploit that commercial of Keep America Beautiful, but that really wasn't a Native American Indian. It was an Italian actor. And that was even worse, wasn't it, Bill? <laughs> yes, that's, that's a grotesque appropriation. Um, I want to tell folks, as you've been waiting to know, that you're listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. And we're looking forward to you participating by calling 813-239-9663 or sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. You can also text us at 813-433-0885. And back to you there, Dr. Fred. What you Thank got? you, Bill. So, in 74, the, the Congress realized that protecting the streams and lakes was good, but 
we had to actually make sure that that water could get to people and that it was safe for people to drink. So this act in um, 1974 um, regulated um, the drinking water supply and its sources, rivers, lakes, reservoirs, springs, and groundwater wells. But the Safe Drinking Water Act does not regulate private wells, which serve less than 25 people. So the um, uh, S, uh, SW, SDWA uh, applies to every public water system in the United States, more than 170,000 public water systems providing water to almost all Americans. And um, the EPA uh, shares this responsibility with, because of the way our federation works, um, with the states, the tribes, water systems, and the public. And in order to do so, they've had to make some definitions. So they defined what is it that they're looking for. They're looking for contaminants in the water. And the uh, Safe Drinking Water Act defines contaminant as any physical, chemical, biologic, or radiological substance or matter in water. Drinking water can be expected to contain small amounts of some contaminants. And some may be harmful if consumed at certain levels. And the presence of the contaminants does not necessarily indicate that the water poses a risk. However, we'll talk about it in a bit. The way they look at contaminants actually can pose a risk. The contaminants that they check, though, they have divided into groups, microorganisms. So we're looking for fecal contaminants, disinfectants, chlorine and other associated products, and then disinfection byproducts like chloramines, which we know are carcinogenic byproducts, inorganic chemicals like uh, mercury and lead, organic chemicals like the forever chemicals, the PFAS, and radionuclides like uh, radium. You can find radium in your, uh, or other uh, uh, types of um, uh, radionuclides because we use them on a regular basis in medicine. And when you inject somebody with a radionuclide tracer, they're going to pee it out. So it's going to show up in the groundwater. <clears throat> so the EPA is constantly making new rules. They um, um, last amended the Safe Drinking Water Act in, I think, 96, but they have new rules all the time. There may have been some more amendments um, 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 more recently, but the last one I saw was 96. And all, all that's happened now is that presidential edicts and different administrations create a, a, an environment to create new rules. Plus, there's also the the edict already from the um, uh, act that tells the EPA they need to be continually updating and monitoring. And they, uh, I posted how they make their rules, but there's something interesting. There's only about, um, I don't know, 60 things that they really look at in detail, but there are hundreds more. They're called unregulated contaminants. And there's actually an unregulated contaminant monitoring rule, and there's a current recommended list that is from my perspective, like miles long. There's hundreds of things on there. But I think we have a caller that would like to talk about this stuff. Absolutely, we do. We've got um, one of our faithful listeners and callers, Nancy. Good after, or good morning there, Nancy. Morning. Uh, Hi. When, uh, when St. Petersburg, uh, before they switched to chloramines for uh, purification, um, they sent out a warning that if you had kidney problems, uh, that it might cause problems, and I did not know that I had kidney problems, and I started to have kidney pain when they switched, and uh, and I discovered we had to change our filter a lot more often because of it, and yes. I wondered if adding vinegar 
to uh, the water, which changes the pH, um, would help uh, avoid the problem with the chloramine? Um, to my knowledge, no, you need to get the chloramine out. pH changes really don't do much, which is why the, uh, you know, the water ionizer slash alkalinizers really don't do much for you. If you want alkaline water, throw a pinch of baking soda into it, but throw it into your, uh, very clean filtered water because the, um, um, ionizers and alkalinizers really don't help. I didn't understand why they switched. I thought chlorine was better than chloramine. Well, I, I think they're using chlorine and it creates chloramine. I, I, I didn't know they're actually using chloramine because that's not normally a disinfectant. That's a byproduct of the process, but maybe they are using that and it's even worse. <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, they actually switched from chlorine to chloramine. It didn't sound right, reasonable to me. No, it doesn't sound reasonable to me either. But um, so what that means is that we need to protect ourselves and we need home filtration units. Yes, I, we bought a bigger unit. That's smart. Okay, thanks. You're so welcome, Nancy. Let me take so, this opportunity to give out the number one more time. We've got Karina in the control room waiting to take your call. So give us a jingle at 813-239-9663 or send your emails to dj at wmnf.org. Or sends your taxes to 813-433-0885. Back to you. So, you can actually check your water. So, the Environmental Working Group, I believe, actually sells uh, kits to test your water. EWG.org, great resource. EWG.org slash tap water um, will take you to the page where you can actually enter your zip code and find your results. Um, Sarasota County results are up there, and there's, I think, um, 14 different um, uh, utilities that cover Sarasota County. And I found my utility and checked on it. And um, 17 total contaminants were found. And uh, six of them exceed the Environmental Working Group health guidelines. Now, the EWG uses science and experts to determine um, health guideline limits. The um, government uses experts from industry and um, uh, uh, toxicology, as we've discussed it, that doesn't address long-term chronic low-level exposure as a problem. And so the limits on the um, different chemicals are different from what health guidelines would suggest. But the EPA guidelines say that chlorate is in my, uh, in my water. EWG's health uh, guideline is it's two times higher. Um, but there's no legal limit on chlorate, even though it's a thyroid harmer and other potential harm could come from it. Chromium, hexavalent chromium. That's the one from Aaron Brockovich, the one that uh, created so much health damage. The um, utility has 0 0.0515 parts per billion. There is no legal limit on this cancer-causing chemical. And the EWG is at um, uh, zero. 0.02, so I'm two and a half times higher than the Environmental Working Group would suggest would be good. Haloacetic acids, these are also cancer-causing. I'm at 202 times the limit 
Um, <clears throat> uh, and that's the HAA5. There's also HAA9. I'm at 355 times the limit on that one. Radium is present at 18 times the guideline. The legal limit is five uh, picocurie per liter, and the utility is at 0.91. So we're about one-fifth of what the legal limit is and 18 times the health guideline limit. And then try halomethanes. Again, more ha halo, uh, haloacetic, halomethane. Um, These are um, chlorinated, fluorinated, brominated bad things because we know that chlorine, fluorine, bromine kill. And so I'm 287 times that limit. Fortunately, I have a water filtration unit. And you can actually check your results too. You can go to the EWG and click on their site, which gives you a really nice summary, which compares it to their health data. But you can also do it on the CDC website and get the report from your county. And I've seen my county report too. Um, it's called the Consumer Confidence Report. And um, so it's trying to get you to be confident that Sarasota County routinely monitors for contaminants in your drinking water. But except where otherwise indicated, the report is based on monitoring um, from January 1 to December 31 of 2020, 2021, it says. But um, as authorized and approved by the EPA, they don't monitor certain contaminants even yearly, less than once per year, because those don't seem to vary much. Well, they still are there. We'd like to know what they are, I would think. So um, if you want to actually have a side-by-side -side comparison of all the current tested contaminant recommended levels, um, I put up that uh, on the website also, environmentalworkinggroup.org. Um, and um, it's a, a really interesting comparison because most of the um, things are um, many, many, many times higher um, uh, in the federal uh, limits than in the health limits. And that concerns me because we're not taking into account the uh, problem that we experience with the small doses on an ongoing basis interfering with things like our um, um, ability to metabolize, ability to do things the right way with our body. I have an email from David, and he's asking, how do cigarettes and prescription drugs flush down the toilet affect our drinking water supply? Well, it's horrible. Um, all the contaminants like cadmium and all the other things in the cigarettes are, are just nasty, and cigarettes have these um, uh, filters that never go away. So you're going to clog up either your pipes or the um, uh, um, water treatment system with this stuff that shouldn't be in a toilet. So I don't know if anybody's insane enough to flush cigarettes, but they shouldn't be, and um, uh, prescription drugs, to dispose of pres prescription drugs, take them to the county, they deal with that, or um, take your pill bottle, if there's something left over, uh, for some reason, you uh, use some duct tape, seal the darn thing up and put it in your garbage, it'll go into the landfill, and someday, when humans get smart, we will actually start working on cleaning landfills. There's going to be an amazing treasure trove of things for people to find in landfills. I wonder um, who's going to find a way to commercialize that and make cash because it's going to happen. I guarantee it. Um, it's going to be dangerous. Getting a lot of third world countries, kids and yeah. very impoverished uh, people go digging through it to make a buck or two. 
and that's horrible because they're totally uncovered. I've seen the, 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 the tin shack cities where they do this. It is scary that these poor people are actually doing this without any kind of protection. I've taken care of people that deal with these kind of waste fund sites and, and they can get really ill from the nasty chemicals that are there. So again, this is WMNF Tampa 88.5. Well, it's much more than that. It's the Healthy Steps radio show with Dr. Fred Harvey on WMNF Tampa. And we're looking forward to folks giving us a call at 813-239-9663 or continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. And you can also text us at 813-433-0885. All right, Doc, what you got? Well, um, a lot of people wonder, you know, if they don't have access to a water filter at home, they can't afford one, uh, or they just, um, you know, they're they're um, renting and they don't want to put a filter into the uh, uh, apartment for the landlord. Um, there are options. Bottled water is one. Um, the EPA does not have anything to do with bottled water, although the EPA regulates the source where the uh, bottled water comes from. But once it hits the bottle, it becomes a food and the Food and Drug Administration or the Financial Drug Administration um, actually takes care of that. And um, under the standard of quality, the FDA establishes these allowable levels for contaminants, allowable levels for contaminants in the bottled water. It were, again, uh, 10 times, 20 times, 100 times higher than the amount that the health uh, uh, suggestions would, would allow. But, um, so they have microbiological standards that, uh, put allowable fecal bacteria in their physical standards that, uh, allow for turbidity, color, odor, um, uh, levels for radium, um, alpha particle activity, beta particle. These are, and photon radioactive. These are all radioactive particles. So it, it allows, uh, it looks for about 70 different chemical contaminants. And Florida has different regulations. Again, their limits are, again, pretty high. Um, and so, you know, they're really trying to make it such that um, you don't have to get really clean water because still Western medicine is ignoring long-term low-level chronic toxicity. They're only looking at big doses that would cause cancer today. We have an email from uh, Greg and Greg is in Safety Harbor. Um, but actually, I don't think I, there's not a message with it. Um, just says sent from my iPhone. But here's another one. This one's from um, Shadow, it looks like. Um, my husband wasn't aware that his refrigerator had a water filter that should be changed yearly. I wonder how many folks aren't changing their refrigerator water filter. Any refrigerator that has an ice maker should have the filter changed regularly. Perhaps stressing this important maintenance would raise awareness of this important chore. Absolutely. And you're welcome for the program. Um, I enjoy this very much. Um, so yeah, let's move on. Um, uh, water filters. Um, so we can, th there are many types out there. I've seen, you know, an explosion of these water bottle filters where you pour the water in, there's a little filter in there and you, you, uh, get the water out. Um, for as you're, as you're filtering it, drinking it, you filter it. That removes chlorine and it fixes taste and odor. That's about it. Doesn't really do much for you. Um, the filter as you pour, the stream method, again, very similar to the water bottle method, chlorine, taste, and odor. Um, there are some uh, pitcher and dispenser filters that actually kick it up a notch. And they follow these federal NSF standards 
uh, standard 42, 53, and then there's the other one, um, 401. Um, so 42 does the basic chemicals, and that's your, your mercury, copper, chlorine, maybe a little bit of lead. 53 adds extra uh, volatile organics, you know, the, the um, um, pesticides and things like that. Uh, 401 adds uh, uh, some things that look for uh, more uh, volatile organics, chromium, um, some uh, parasites like cryptosporidium, lead. And um, so they are, um, the problem with these, even the faucet um, method that many uh, uh, companies sell, they're, they're good, they get stuff out. But um, for most of the volatile, uh, uh, volatile organic compounds like the pesticides and the petrochems, um, the forever chemicals, they only get like 91 to 96% out. Many other things you're getting up, like the chlorine, you're getting up to the 99% area. But these don't get any of the PFAS out. They are just not good enough to do that because the plain filters with fiber and or carbon don't um, sequester. They don't attract the forever chemicals. And for that, um, you need to get a bit better filter. However, the water filter on your fridge is actually of the higher quality can't get the PFAS out, but it gets out it, most of them. Uh, the one for the the Whirlpool, you know, whole line that covers many different refrigerators. Um, it is um, a um, um, pure um, uh, every drop number one for my fridge. It just depends on what your fridge is. One, two, three, four, five. But um, the filter is small. It's only like five inches long and two inches across, and so. Because of its size, it is actually only good to filter between 120 and 200 gallons. And so that means you're looking at changing this every three to six months, depending on how much water you use out of your fridge. And um, so uh, it, it'd be great to have that after your other filter. Um, you wouldn't have to change it as often because the other filter that would filter into your fridge, an under sink type filter, actually is what is the best one to have at home. A three-stage filter is what I use and what I recommend for everyone. A five-micron carbon block starts the filtration, so it cleans out a bunch of the junk. And then it goes to GAC, um, granulated activated carbon with ionic resins. It's a mix of this granulated stuff that binds PFAS and fluoride. And so we actually have a reduction in fluoride and a reduction in the forever chemicals. And then it goes to a 0.5-micron carbon block and the 0.5 micron actually can get out cryptosporidium and almost every parasite known. So you get extremely clean water that is actually better than reverse osmosis because it doesn't take out the nutrient minerals. You're almost making me thirsty. Indeed. And well, it does taste very good. <laughs> I, I do have um, Greg's email here that you weren't able to see. Um, odd story about that. But it says, uh, Dr. Fred... As always, a great show. Pinellas County switched over to chloramine about eight years ago or so, and it's my understanding that chloramines do not evaporate, nor can you boil them out of the water as you can with chlorine. What you got? That is a truth. And eight years ago, interesting. Yeah, it's very difficult to get rid of. So you have to have the filter. It's the only way to do it. Um, and uh, here's one from... Um, Bob of Largo, gentlemen, chloramination is used because just chlorine with surface water will produce disinfectant byproducts 
the trihalomethanes that over long periods could be carcinogenic. Yes, and those are in my water. So it's obvious Sarasota is still using chlorine. And chloramine is chlorine combined with ammonia. Well, it's actually um, chlorine that has actually um, uh, chemically uh, uh, um, reacted with ammonia. So it's chlorine with an amine on it, which is ammonia. And so, yeah, it is... Um, um, yeah, it, it would be considered safer when using surface water from the Hillsborough River, or from the Manatee River, um, uh, um, or from um, um, uh, Evers Reservoir. Yeah, the, the surface water, it, it's definitely important. But that again leaves us with the answer that the water coming from the public source is essentially not safe. It's as safe as the government's willing to get it at this point with the techniques they have, but we all need to be protecting ourselves with our own filtration units. And um, I recommend against reverse osmosis because reverse osmosis wastes water. Um, and there are arguments that there might be a one-to-one -one ratio where you throw away one gallon for every gallon of drinking water that you get. Um, but you may actually have some that throw 10 gallons away for every gallon that you drink. And that would be more likely in places like Israel, where they use desalination, uh, reverse osmosis, to get some drinking water there in the desert. And so that is going to require a lot of wastewater removal, but they're actually throwing seawater back. So it's not like you're taking municipal water that's been cleaned and then reverse osmosing it and throwing that cleaned water away. Um, additionally, demineralized water is not really good for your body. The World Health Organization recommends against it. And there are reasons for that, but we have a caller. Indeed we do. We've got Chris, another faithful listener here. Good morning to you there, Chris. Oh, good morning. I uh, just uh, wanted to chime in on the radioactive isotopes that uh, yes. listed on the annual water quality analysis. You mentioned the, the Consumer Confidence Report for Water Quality. And, um, you know, I've been looking at it for years. And uh, for the radioactive isotopes, uh, alpha and beta photon emitters, it's List as the likely source of contamination, erosion of natural deposits. But that's uh, true. Ask, where could that be from? It probably is from phosphate, because then when you look at the um, MSDS, the material safety data sheet of what they're adding to the water in the name of water fluoridation, you'll see that it has uh, a lot of toxins, including heavy metals and radioactive isotopes. It's not um, Treat, it's untreated waste. So there's, you know, we're saving the phosphate money, uh, phosphate mining companies money from having to dispose of it properly. And it's not medical grade fluoride, so it's not forced medication. It's even worse. It's forced toxification under the guise of forced medication. And when you look at the, uh, annual, and the uh, consumer confidence report on water quality, it says for fluoride likely source of contamination, uh, discharge from fertilizer, which would be phosphate and aluminum factories. Water additive, which promotes strong teeth when at optimal optimum level, but I'm wondering why would they call it a contaminant if it's if it's so helpful? Um, you know, I I would tend to think that uh, an ionic form, if uh, if it's helpful, you know, like I I ionize things water uh, things for my water ionizer, and I, I wanted to mention that it also has other properties other than alkalinizing. The water ionizers also make the water um, 
rich in antioxidants uh, because it separates if you do uh, molecular hydrogen. If you do a search on studies of molecular hydrogen, or I'll uh, email you some um, that show that that's where the uh, antioxidant value come from comes from those uh, free electrons. And uh, uh, ionized water, the alkaline ionized water, uh, also has a lower surface tension, so it hydrates better and you know flushes out toxins and brings in nutrients better. I'd so like to see why. some actual documentation of that because I've never read anything. I've looked and looked and looked and can't find it. But interestingly enough about fluoride, um, Sarasota doesn't bother fluoridating the water um, because there's already uh, about 4.3 parts per billion in Sarasota. And 1.5 to 1.8 is where most uh, municipal uh, uh, facilities uh, uh, fluoridate to for supposedly the, the tooth health. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. We don't really need um, um, to fluoridate here in highly fluoridated Florida. <laughs> So, got another email here. This is from Celia from Winter Haven. Um, she uses a distiller with a carbon post filter. Um, well, I don't like distillers any more than I like um, to use uh, reverse osmosis because uh, it de-mineralizes uh, uh, um, uh, the water, so you end up with um, a, a less healthy water. And... Um, the carbon post filter actually yeah, might get rid of some of the extra volatiles that come through when you distill because all of the volatile organic compounds get distilled first and end up in the water bottle. Um, you leave behind the heavy things like heavy metals, but um, frankly, there's for me, um, not much difference between RO and distillation, except that distillation uses more energy and also um, tends to waste some water because it's boiling. This is um, also from Celia. Most filters are housed in plastic. Um, yes, most are. Um, and I think that uh, cool water passing through plastic unheated is likely to be good. I think that many of them are using the BPA-free plastic, but it's hard to tell. There might be something else to look at. But when you look at the reduction in overall um, um, uh, contaminants at the end of the testing, and you can see that uh, BPA is actually reduced by 99%. I think it's doing a good job, and I'm not terribly worried about that piece of the manufacturer. Here's one from Andrea. And what is the best shower filter? Um, honestly, um, most of them are pretty minimal. Um, they all just remove chlorine. And so um, anyone, as far as I can tell, is going to remove chlorine. And that's about all you're going to get out of it because uh, they're so small. You probably have to change it uh, quarterly, maybe even more frequently because they are small and they will fail more rapidly. So um, I think if you really want to do, um, uh, do it right, you get a whole house filter um, just to generally reduce the overall chlorine. Um, if you can afford that along with an under sink because the whole house definitely the evidence is out there the whole house does not cut your uh contamination as well as the under sink for your drinking looks like we have a phone caller we certainly do we've got daryl on the line good morning to you there daryl yes uh, 25 years ago i started researching the contaminants in our water and that was everything from of course from agriculture septic systems landfills uh, the sewerage uh, coming out of city municipal sewerage plants and phosphate industry, but also the leaking tanks of all these uh, gas stations. 
And all yes. that, of course, was going into, you know, our water systems. Don't I've forget the dry followed, cleaners. <laughs> and I've also followed some of the uh, divers that have actually uh, done uh, trying to follow a lot of our underground streams and everything. And it was amazing the contaminants and stuff. I mean, physical contaminants they found <laughs> way underground there. And so if, all, if these things can get there, then obviously all these other things can be transported there through the water. But I ended up and uh, researched, I used five filters, and many of these are also patented, including uh, ones that will remove chloramine, because chloramine is very difficult to get rid of, much more difficult than chlorine. But yes. when St. Pete switched to chloramine, I called the water resources lady for the city of St. Pete, and I said, well, you put out a statement saying don't use it in your fish tank because the fish will go belly up. I said, isn't that kind of like the canary in the coal mine falling off its perch? Isn't that kind of a warning <laughs> that <laughs> may not be very beneficial? And I said, fluoride is an accumulative neurotoxin. And I said, if you look at the tanker truck coming up, I said, what's on the side of that tanker truck? Skull and crossbones? I yeah. said, if you, that tanker truck were to rupture and pour it out all over the ground, it would be considered by EPA a hazardous site. They'd have to scrape the ground up. Yep. The woman didn't know quite how to respond to me, but I said, you know, I said, thank you very much. for. She was trying to defend some of this, and I said, well, thank you very much. And I went on to get all these filters, which I've been, and I've educated many others on it, too. I said, you need some of these things or patented filters. Yes. Uh, that will remove these things. And, boy, they said, what a difference in the taste of the water, et cetera. I said, well, isn't it amazing? <laughs> all the health benefits, it, it tastes better. Yes, it's so true, Daryl. Um, so you've been doing this for 15 years? 25. Oh, wow, that's great. Um, it's yeah, so important. I do a lot of research. I, many times people thought I was out there, but I've always been the one that was kind of ahead of the curve. I, I'm thinking about things a little differently, like you do, uh, than... Most people don't even, they just live their lives, but I'm always looking at details of things, and I go, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yes, really. It, it, you have to actually think through things, and unfortunately, our system doesn't train people to think critically very, very well. That's that, kind of been undermined in public that's school. You, yes, I agree. That's how you control people, is you make how them almost it? functionally literate. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're on point, Daryl. Thank you. Bye. Have a great day. So yeah, we're looking at about. People. Go ahead. I was no, just going to say, let's remind people, Bill. <laughs> All right. I'm also going to point out now we've got about uh, 12, 13 more minutes to go in this. So if you want to participate, give us a call at 813-239-9663 or continue to send your emails to dj at wmnf.org. Uh, the boys lighten up. And you can also text us at 813-433-0885. We appreciate you listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. So Charles in Tampa um, asks, can rainwater harvested residentially be used as the waste stream in a uh, in reverse osmosis system? Actually, no, because reverse osmosis requires water pressure. And you'd have to pressurize the rainwater to actually run the RO system. And um, you 
would just be doing the same thing with that as far as uh, wastewater because you use the uh, it, essentially the reverse osmosis divides the flow into two streams one that goes through the filter and the other one goes uh, the other side and the other side is the wastewater so it wouldn't really matter either way however to harvest rainwater you can't have asphalt shingles you will get petrochemical disgust in there because they're hot shingles and they will off gas nasty so the only drinkable unless you do have reverse osmosis to put it through the only drinkable rainwater is from a metal roof because then it's relatively clean you can filter that but you don't want to do asphalt shingle water um and then we have another one from um Temple Terrace. This is Ryan. And according to EWG, Temple Terrace water has 206 times the recommended level of arsenic and high levels of haloacetic acids, chromium, uranium, and nitrates. Yes. Um, how much of this is taken care of by the Whirlpool refrigerator filter? Um, some. Um, it looks like when I look at the Whirlpool filter uh, report, you can find it online when you go look for um, what you're buying. Um, take it down to the uh, the detail of the product specs sheet, and you will see that it does get out percentages of this. But we're still looking at um, only getting 91 to 96 percent of many of these things, and that is an issue because you're still getting toxified. And we have callers. Yes, we're. Stepping our way towards 10 minutes left, I've got Sister Kelly on the line with a question for you there, Doctor. Good morning, Sister Kelly. Thank you, Doctor. Uh, what do you think about the absolute one micron filter, the cousin? Actually, an absolute one micron filter is a very good filter, um, but... And it does it does an excellent job. However, depending on the size of it, like the the one in my fridge is you know four inches long and two inches wide, that's going to only filter 120 to 200 gallons. So you've got to change it regularly. I change mine about every um, three months because I use a lot of water out of that. Um, under and the so, counter. Um, uh, the the under the counter one, um, you want to have a three stage. You want to have a higher micron carbon block. You want to have a resin uh, with uh, uh, GAC, granulated uh, activated charcoal, mixed with it, a granular filter that binds up the uh, uh, chloramine, fluoride, fluorine, and um, um, the PFAS. And then you want to have a 0.5 micron filter afterwards. If you're going to do the under sink, you might as well get the full tilt um, method that really gets it the cleanest and lasts the longest. So the KR101N uh, um, I don't, or the KR101A, which one is recommended? I have no idea what you're talking about. Those numbers mean nothing to me. What I'm recommending oh. is a is a system, and you need to research the system and see what's in the system. Look for different places. I'm not giving brand names today, but if you find a multi-stage under-sink filter that has a 5-micron carbon block, a granular resin filter, and a 0.5-micron carbon block, you've got one of the best filters available on the market that doesn't strip the minerals like reverse osmosis or distillation. Yes, sir. Well, I, I have been using the Cousin Absolute One Micron. Yes. That's very good. Yeah, you've, you've done a really good job there. That's what I had before I went to the three stage. And I used that one for about 10 years. Now I realized there's a better way to do it. Mm -hmm. and, and you, and, 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 
do you find the, the uh, where, where do you find the three, you say three stage? Yes. Yes, I found mine online. Um, after doing some research, I, I knew some names, but I didn't even find uh, um, the companies that I heard the names of. I, I did not actually um, um, find that one and purchase it. I found a different one that I thought was even better. Oh. And the purchase price for my three-stage one was in the vicinity of $700, but um, you can find more and less expensive. But I wouldn't go for anything much more expensive than that because I got the quality that I need for that price. I've seen things for thousands of dollars, including those ionizers and things like that. Mm. It just doesn't make so much sense to spend that much yeah. money on the water. So it's basically looking for the three-stage? Yes. Stage. Thank you so much, Doctor. And please give your website. I appreciate. Um, you can go to the healthystepshow.com. Um, healthy Steps, the Healthy Steps Show. Um, Thank you. I Thank I, you. I, you're very welcome. So um, here's one from. Um, Let's see. I don't think I have a name here, but um, a text message. It says rainwater from asphalt shingle roofs can be used provided the first flush is discarded. Yeah, that does make sense. Um, so it would make it a little bit safer. And um, Anat asks if I can recommend a filter brand. No, I'm recommending the filter quality and type because I don't want to be selling brands here. I don't think that's appropriate for the show. Um, and Tom from Hudson asks my opinion about a certain system. And again, I don't know that system. So I'm going to say if that system that you recommend, Tom from Hudson, Florida, is one that has a five micron carbon block, a resin filter and a 0.5 micron carbon block, I think you're getting the right kind of filtration. Otherwise, I'm not certain. It's pretty quiet here. I'm going to chance giving on out the phone number one more time. We've only got about five more minutes, and I know we've got a slew of emails. Um, give us a call at 813-239-9663 or continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. And I got uh, Kiara in the control room looking to take your calls, so get them in quick. Go ahead, doctor. Very good. Dwayne from Port St. Lucie. He says that he has 130 foot deep well, more sulfur, less iron. Thinking of switching from city water to a whole house system. What do I recommend? And thank you. Well, I actually won't recommend the whole house system. Um, I don't think that water softeners are the best whole house system. I think simply a whole house filter is a good idea, but I don't actually have a name for you because I'm not marketing for any specific system. Um, the um, uh, the well depth is really important. And um, in my area, I think we need to go to 170 feet um, to get beyond the iron um, and and to get good, good clear flow. Um, we'll find out soon because um, we're going to sink a well tomorrow because I need water for my urban farm. And it's been really expensive to do it with city water. And I really don't want to put the chlorine on my grass anymore, on my food anymore anyway. So um, yes, um, I don't have a specific there. I've got a caller Mary. on the line here. I've got Mary. Let's go to her. Good morning, Mary. And behind you, Mary, I've got Rick. Good morning. Mary. 
Hi, Mary. Hi, I just wanted to make a statement that uh, H2O and water is bigger, so much bigger than life itself. That's an interesting statement. I think it is the solvent for life itself, but I think life originates in consciousness. But then right. again, so does water, and I guess the creator thought it. of water. We can't live without it, nor can we can't. grow without it. So That's correct. Life cannot live without water, so water is bigger than life. Okay. Thank you. You're so welcome, Mary. Thanks for contributing. And, of course, as I promised, we've got Rick here on the line. Good morning, Rick. Hello, Dr. Harvey. Hello, Rick. Yeah, I just was wondering what your thoughts were of this this uh, way of they're talking about treating sewage water into drinkable water. Um, I think it sounds risky, to say the least. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that looking at the way um, currently we're having difficulty um keeping um, um, our water clean, even at this point, I, I, I don't trust to be drinking that. I can see it being repurposed specifically for irrigation and other things like that, but I, I just don't think we're, we're actually uh, ready for prime time with drinking sewage. Yeah, okay. Thanks for your thoughts, doctor. Yes. So you don't trust the government, huh? <laughs> mm. Well, actually, they've proven to us that they can do a marginal job of keeping us safe. Good point. Marginal, I think, is the optimal word. Yes. And so that's why we need to be responsible and take care of ourselves, which is why I do this show, so we can keep educating people as to what are the healthy steps that we can take in our daily lives that are easy, that would really affect our health and the health of the people around us, and even impact planetary health. Because... What are we going to do without this beautiful planet to live on in all of its beautiful blue waters? So let's keep those waters clean. Let's think about everything we do to put into the waters. Stop polluting. Let's remember that one. It's so important. And next week, I'm going to talk. Uh, it's been asked uh, uh, from several listeners just to talk about general nutrition. We haven't spent a day on just nutrition. So let's talk about, you know, nutrition in general. So feel free to call with any specific nutrition related uh, 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 questions next time. Um, as long as it's nutrition related, we can talk about it. All right. I don't care where you go with it, but I want to talk nutrition. That's good enough uh, and essential uh, topic. So I think we should have a pretty good, lively show next week. And so until next Monday at 10 o'clock, I'd like to thank you, Dr. Harvey, and all of our participants and Kiara for answering the phones and give a special shout on out to all of our listeners and tell them stay healthy, take care. You're the greatest. And indeed, you've been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Coming on up is five minutes of NPR News, then the Sustainable Living Show, hosted by the award-winning team of Kenny Coogan and Annie Ellis. Today, they welcome to the show Robert Northrup and Andrew Kozer, and they're here in the studio to talk to us about urban forest tree care. So until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. You are a community-conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved.
Live from 